Well, Happy New Year, everybody. The calendar page has turned and 2022 has begun. So begins another year of Locked On MLB. Let's start the show. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. It's January 1st, 2022, and thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen as we go into the new year, as we're available on all your free podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out some of the other great shows in the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Bets with your boy Q and expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So if you're watching this, you're listening to this, the clock just turned to midnight on the West Coast, and it's been the new year for a couple hours on the East Coast and for a few more hours of that in Europe. If you're in Hawaii, hang on. 2022 is right around the corner. And, you know, it's been an interesting year. If you're an Atlanta Braves fan, it was a really fun year. It was, you know, I don't think it was as horrible a year as 2020 was, but that's pretty, putting the bar down pretty low. We all experienced some things. I experienced deaths in my family and, and, some bad things happening and some good things happening too. You know, as we're trying to dust ourselves off and hopefully not slip back into it. We had a full season for the first time since 2019. We had an okay postseason. Let's admit it, it wasn't a great postseason. There wasn't that what, what was the one great moment of this postseason? The one moment you look at it like, oh man, that's it. And I'm really having a hard time thinking of what it might be. You know, I mean. The, the the postseason was marred by two blown calls that by the umpire on a check swing in the Giants Dodgers game and in a potential called third strike by Nathan Neovaldi. But you know, in the end, the Braves showed us that they were not the best team in the regular season, but they met every single challenge beautifully. And the Astros deserved whatever you thought of what the Astros did. In 2017 and 2019, they deserved their spot in the World Series in 2021. And we got to see Shohei Otani do something we never even dared put on our bucket list, and that is be an all-star pitcher and hitter in the same year. Still couldn't make the Angels contenders. It's insane. But as we're entering a new year, here's a piece of advice I'd like to give you all as best as I can, and maybe I'm too late for some of you, but do not make New Year's resolutions. I've made this point before, and man, oh man, uh, it's worth mentioning again. New Year's resolutions are there to taunt you at the end of the year. You look back and you're like, oh Christ, I was supposed to lose 50 pounds and write a novel. Oh my God, I was supposed to get my master's degree. Oh my God, I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to do that. And it's a reminder of what you didn't do 
what you should do, what I hope you did on December 31st, or maybe you could do it today, is write out everything you did the previous year. Yeah, we have to grade on a curve the last couple of years because it's been bananas. You know, we've not been able to go do normal stuff like, I don't know, go to ball games on a regular basis, see each other, do things that we took for granted. And what I'd like to do is just sort of sit back instead of saying, here's a thought, stuff I wanted to do, write down the stuff you did do, all the positive things you did. And do you what? I bet if you write them all out, you'll say, geez. That wasn't so bad. I accomplished a bunch of things. Some of the stuff I hadn't planned in January 1st because the year can unfold. But we should also do things in our lives that will lay down the groundwork for positive things going forward. I've been trying to exercise. I've lost a little bit of weight. I still need to lose more. I'm working on getting my certification for my teaching job. Baseball should take that to heart. Baseball's at a lockout right now. And the only reason that I'm not going ape about the lockout, well, there's two reasons. First of all, so far it hasn't canceled any games. So if you're going to have a lockout, have it in December and January and February. But also, there's a real opportunity to do something and make a difference. Hear me out for a second. If you're going to do this lockout, if you're going to shutter everything up and not have any more moves and make your MLB.com site a travesty, then make sure you accomplish something. Don't have this be for naught. You can get stuff done. You could say, if we're going to do this and come out the other end, where once again, players will make money. Owners will make money. They need to find a way to make sure that there's no, you know, we, we dis, uh, what's the word? We disincentivize. Is that a word? Remove the incentive. I'll just go the long route to tanking. Create incentives for at least putting a major league product on the field and signing major league players to play positions to help create a middle class in baseball, which doesn't exist. You only have the multi-grillion dollar contracts and a bunch of guys who are fighting to get uh, a minor league deal signed and there doesn't need to be anything in between. So what baseball has to do is to make sure that there is something in between because sometimes those players are called major leaguers and sometimes those major leaguers can do, I don't know, things to make your team better. And you have teams that are losing 100 games somewhat intentionally to get their number one pick overall to get the seventh best player available because of slot money. Maybe you can create a new system that makes it like, hey, we're not good, but let's at least put something quality on the field so that we're not just a tomato can when a big budget team or a winning team comes barreling through our town. You have to create that. And you have to come up with some things. Let's make this a year we check some things off the list. Are you going to universal DH or not universal DH? I'm not a fan of the universal DH, but if you're going to do it, let's do it. Are we going to expand? Then if we're going to expand, then we got to expand. We got to figure out what's going to happen. Are they going to build a new ballpark right across the bay in Oakland? Are they going to figure something out with Tampa Bay? I want Tampa Bay to stay. I want the A's to stay. But if they're not going to, let's figure it out. Because if we're going to have 
uh, this, the leagues exist the same way they do, then they need to expand by two. There's plenty of other markets to do that. Let's go. Are we going to open up Cuba? Are we going to really open up Cuba and work with Cuba to try to get some of the great players in baseball into Major League Baseball? Are we going to do that or not? Let's start checking some things off the list here. Are we going to do something about blackouts so people can watch games on their device no matter where the heck they are? And guess what? Everybody will make more money. You'll be swimming in money. Scrooge McDuck will be asking you for money if you do that. We need stadiums for two teams. We need to make some decisions about things. And if we're in a lockout, and presumably when you get to the end of the lockout, you're going to have a new collective bargaining agreement for the next five years or so, maybe they can get something done. And if the solution is everybody gets rich in baseball and things are, are working out in a fun way, guess what? You can make this all worthwhile. Was it worth it? Let's make it worth it. I'm all for a pitch clock. Let me tell you something. Do we work on my 1972 World Series book that I'm working on? And it seems like I've been working on it forever, but I'm making some progress on it. And I've been watching some of the games in 1972. Oh, my goodness. It's five, six seconds in between pitches. Here's the pitch. Catfish Hunter throws it. Strike one. Tanner throws the ball back. Gets the sign. Here comes the pitch. Ball one. It's like boom, boom, boom. That's pace of play. If you want to have a pitch clock, I'm for it. I'm all for it. You can make changes. One of the changes that was made, I think partially based upon that 1972 World Series, was that Dick Williams came up to the mound after virtually every batter. I said, all right, all right, all right you, got, you, got, you got two, you got mound visits. Boom. I say 20 seconds between pitches. And if you want to come up and have a meeting on the mound, fine. You got 20 seconds to do it. Run up. Hey, boom, boom, boom. Run back. You want to check your cheat sheet on your hat? Fine. Check your cheat on your hat and get in the windup. Let's go. Let's go. You want to put games on your web service? You want to put them on Netflix? I don't care. Figure it out. If you're, if you're going to lock it down, let's lock it down and do it. Let's figure out where they're going to expand to. I don't want to move teams. If we're going to move teams, let's figure it out. You know, some things we're starting to figure out, but let's get this done. Now, let's get the Hall of Fame thing done, too. You know, I'm going to talk about Bonds a little bit later in the show for a different reason. Clemens. There are reasons to put him in. He's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. There's reasons not to put him in because he's a horrible human being who uh, did some very, not just, you know, bad things, illegal things, completely immoral things. And I'm not talking steroids. I'm talking about, uh, I don't even like to use the word underage woman or children that Roger Clemens was involved with. I don't want that. I want a stigma to that. I want a stigma to that even more than betting on baseball. If that means having Roger Clemens sit out, fine, I'm all for it. But let's make a decision on some of these things so we're not having the same Hall of Fame debate year in and year out. Make the choice or not. Put someone in or not. And, and let's pry off Tom Yorkie's plaque and 
you know, and melt that down and take out Bobby Cox's while we're on it too. Let's make some choices here. Let's make some decisions. Because if you're going to do this, get stuff done. If we're here, we're going to do it. If we're going to lock the doors, then let's go. Baseball is great. Baseball is fantastic. They need to tinker with a couple of things. But that will make it even better. We have never seen the level of talent in baseball that we have today. Don't give me any other era. Physically, the players are better than ever. Mentally, they have information and data that they never had before. We have an opportunity for a new golden age of baseball with great players, with teams that are competitive, and an opportunity for everybody to see it on their devices, unblacked out, and be able to follow the teams in the way they want in an internet age where you can completely make your entertainment value and your entertainment experience completely tailored to what you want, including having your pal Sully in your earbuds. There's no excuse to not have baseball. The teams that play every day between June, between uh, April and the end of September to have that, that be the best sport of the internet age. You have to do it. It's sitting right there. So you're going to lock it out, dust off these things, and go out there and have a new golden age. You know, we've had scorched earth times in baseball before. 72 had a work stoppage, and that led in a few years after that to the great renaissance that happened in baseball in the mid-70s, which started with the 1975 World Series. You had the scorched earth of 1981 with a strike that wiped out about nearly a third of the season. And that led to the 80s, which gave us some of the greatest postseason baseball in the history of the game. And then you had the biggest of them all. The big one was dropped in 94 and the lockout in 95. And baseball came out of that with record profits, record attendance, record interests. Baseball's funny way of bouncing back from things. Do you know why? Because people like it. Every once in a while, baseball's dead. And then suddenly isn't anymore. You can read articles about how baseball is losing its audience. It's too slow. It's losing it to football. The audiences are looking for something faster. It's too old fashioned. And then you realize you're reading an article from the 50s. Yeah, that's what they wrote about in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And yet it's still here. Dust yourself off. Figure it out, and it's the biggest surefire bet in the history of anything that baseball will come back better than ever. And if you're going to make any bets, you know where you can go. You can go to Bet Online, which remains the number one site for all your gambling needs. Now, look it. You can go to the brand new interface that they have on the website or your mobile device. You can sign up today. 
receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. For basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, write down your favorite Vegas casino game. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of the amazing new offers. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Hey, I want to read a, um, we're going to be doing a couple of old Sunday requests that I never really got around to doing in the past and kind of doing a little bit of house cleaning. But I'm going to look up, uh, I have here somewhere here, uh, uh, a message that I'd gotten from a, a reader here. And basically, it was someone asking me about my interest in baseball, which uh, I don't know if you know this or not. But uh, it, it's pretty high, my interest in baseball. But I got a specific one, which asks a little bit about the, the luster of my interest in baseball. And so I'm going to go here. And, and this is a, a reader who, or a listener who has been following me for a little bit. And I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. And where did it go? Oh, uh, uh, Nick uh, Cacciati. Cacciotti. I don't know how to pronounce your name, buddy. And it, it, it really depresses me because I'm half Italian in my heritage. Question. So I'm sorry, Nick. And, and, and please write back with your name ph- phonetically spelled. Uh, question. They say that things lose their luster when you get paid to do them. For example, once you start playing guitar for a living, it's not an escape. Um, I know you're getting paid by sponsors and you do have work elsewhere. But the obligation to do podcasts every week, especially during the lockout, do you get burnt out with baseball? That's a great question. Uh, because I don't do this podcast for free. I did the old Sully Baseball Daily podcast for free, but uh, I do get paid. And believe me, Built Bar pays. And, you know, Built Bar is the best tasting. Pro- I'm sorry. I'll do that copy later. But uh, fact of the matter is, yeah, I get, I get paid a little bit of money for doing this. And there is an obligation for me to produce X number of episodes a month. And every month, the Lockdown Podcast Network tells me you have to do X number of episodes per month. And I can honestly say, I look at the number and I go, I'll get that done in two weeks and then keep going. Because... I'm not burnt out by baseball. I'm not. I'm not burnt out by talking about baseball. I'm not burnt out by thinking about baseball. I'm not burnt out about thinking about the past, the present, or the future. They all fascinate me equally. I love baseball history. I love where baseball is. and I love where baseball could be going. And yeah, sometimes I watch a game and I, you know, it, some games are not as thrilling as others. But every once in a while, baseball surprises you. Baseball stuns you. A hero will prop up in a way that you're not expecting. A team will come back, and and all of a sudden, the, 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 they come back from behind in a way you can't imagine. You know, the, the Red Sox went up and down this year. The Giants had a great year in a way that no one's expecting. There were tremendous games that went on between the Dodgers and Giants all year long. Jorge Soler went from being basically benched in Kansas City to being the World Series MVP 
in Atlanta. Atlanta loses Ronald Acuna Jr., have a losing record at the trade deadline, and have the World Series parade. You know, and, and you had the American League playoff picture unclear until the final outs of the final game of the season. You know, baseball will, will always be there for me. It's reliable. It's reliable in its unpredictability. It's reliable in the way that it makes you feel nostalgic for the past and hopeful for the future. You know, there are things, as I said, I wish they'd change. I wish pitchers would go deeper into games because it gives games more character and are more fun. I wish there was more daring things done in baseball, more risks that are taken. A stolen base is a risk, but risks are fun. I like risks. You know, I'd like to see a pitcher go through the lineup a third or a fourth time, but then bring in that dominant reliever to shut the door if things get out of hand. But that being said, it's still fun. It's there for me. It's the companion. And that's the thing that I think that people don't understand when they complain about there being so many games. And that is, it's there to be your friend throughout the duration of the summer. It's there whether you, you know, it, you, you, I don't expect anybody to follow all 162 games of your team season. I do because I'm a lunatic. My father did because he loved the Giants more than you can imagine. But that being said, most of the time people check in on, did they win today? Did they lose today? But you know what? I need a game on. I can't tell you many times I have a game on while I'm doing something cleaning the garage, running a chore, doing the laundry, you know, grading papers for my class. Now the game's on in the background. It's there. It's a companion. I try to have this podcast be eerily similar to that. I don't expect anybody except my mom to listen to every single episode I do. But I'm here if you need me. I'm here. And baseball's here. And do you know what? Good friends are the types of friends that you don't get tired of. I have a couple of friends in my life who I've seen only two or three times in the last decade. And yet every time I see them, we pick right up as if we just had coffee the day before. That's baseball. And you don't get burned out of your good friends. If you have a friend that you get burnt out on, and we've all had that friend, you know, person like, I mean, I did stand up for a long time. I knew a bunch of people who thought they were Robin Williams and would always be on super. And I'm sure people, some people thought of me like that, where I would tend to be on a lot. And maybe those are some of the people I haven't seen in a while, but there's some people, your friends are like, you know what? it's just too exhausting to be around them. Or some people get to be, too much of a martyr i have one dear friend of mine who who just went off the deep end recently and all you know reading the messages from this friend going oh boy this person's gone bye-bye oh those are friends you get tired of those friends you get worn out on and you can whittle them out of your life but the good friends you stick with them i used to be a big letter writer i still write postcards I'm the last postcard writer in the world. And I try to keep those friends who are the closest to me 
in my life. And baseball's that way. You don't get burnt out by your good friends, by the friends who are always there for you. And baseball is always there for you. And like any friend, you can have an argument with your friend and disagree with your friend and sometimes a big fight with your friend. My best pal, Richie, the two of us used to get knocked down, drag out arguments, especially when we were working on creative projects together. My brother and I, we, we did a bunch of creative projects, both live and, and video and on film and TV. And at one point, the two of us got into such a big argument that somebody called the cops on us because they thought we were going to murder each other. My brother. After that, we had a great laugh. I don't get burnt out by my brother or my friends. And I'm not going to get burnt out by baseball because your best friends are always there for you. Whether you see them every day or not, that's not the point. The point is you can come, you can meet each other, sit down and enjoy something. And that's what a great friend is all about. And maybe you can enjoy something delicious like, oh, let me think. Maybe a Built Bar. You know Built Bars. They're the absolute best tasting protein bars out there. And it is a brand new year. Ring in the new year. It is 2022. And that means New Year's resolutions, which I don't think you should make. But if you've made one about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bars in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you'll want to eat healthy because, you know, most people don't want to eat healthy because it's boring. And by week three, you're like, yeah, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year for all you secret treat stashes. You know the ones you're talking about here. At home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out the sugary calorie-filled treats. Replace them with Built Bars. If you're craving that snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Look at there's so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut and almond, peanut butter brownie. My personal favorite is raspberry, but there's also cookies and cream, salted caramel. I love the mint brownie. There's so many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming up with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hey, let's look at a couple of classic uh, Sunday requests I never, ever got around from. Um, let's just say, oh, do you want, we're talking about dear friends and friends who are always there for you. Kenny Mack. I've known Kenny Mack since elementary school. We went to elementary school together in Boston or in the suburbs of Boston. And then I didn't see him for years and years later until I was doing a stand-up comedy show in San Francisco. And he was there and he was like, I can't believe you. And, and we, we, we struck up a conversation and we've become fast friends since. We, we lived in LA together nearby. He now lives back in Brooklyn, but we still, you know, he's still a dear friend. 
And way back in 2015, Kenny Mack wrote to me on, on the Twitter, and he's been a guest on the podcast as well. Since there's never been a rule slash law, is there an objective, since he's never broken a rule or law, is there an objective argument against Barry Bonds as the greatest ever? Um, of course, uh, Kenny is talking about the fact that Barry Bonds has never been caught doing anything illegal. Um, I mean, it's uh, you would have to truly be either an ostrich with your head in the sand or my father to not realize that Barry Bonds's body completely changed from when he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates to when he was hitting home runs left and right. Um, I, I, it's insane to say anything otherwise. But that being said, he was never suspended. And suspicion can't be enough to keep someone, to, to convict someone. Um, in terms of the Hall of Fame, I mean, that's someone's choice. A Hall of Fame isn't a right. It is a privilege. If someone doesn't want to vote for him, I, you know, that's their privilege. I would vote for Barry Bonds. I would vote for Barry Bonds. Friend of the podcast, Dan Simborski, who has his uh, Zips method of analyzing players, figured out that if you remove the influence of steroids from his career, then Barry Bonds would you know, tumble from the greatest player in greatest offensive player in baseball history to merely in the top 10. It's like, okay, he went from being better than Ruth to merely being as good as usual. So, I mean, he's in the conversation for being one of the great players of all time. Um, and there's a couple other things which would keep him certainly uh, in the top three for me. The fact of the matter is any conversation of having the greatest ever cannot include someone from the pre-integration era. I mean, you're talking about wanting to have the steroids be a mark against you and a mark against your stats. Well, how about the fact that the players before 1947 were not playing in a league that had the best competition? Now, I think Ruth and Musial and Williams and Napoleon Lajouet and Honus Wagner and Rogers Hornsby and everyone, um, you know, who else? Uh, you know, Eddie Collins, Lou Gehrig, Mel Ott, you know, all of these players would have put up tremendous numbers no matter what era they played in. But they didn't have the best players that they were playing against. And so it, I can't include them in the conversation. Now, I would include. Hank Aaron in any conversation about the greatest for, for the reason that he just put up unbelievable numbers. And my, again, my favorite stat about Henry Aaron is this, is that if all of his home runs were caught at the warning track he, and all the other hits were the same, but he finished with zero home runs, he still would be in the hall of fame because he would have over 3000 hits. He had three, he was a Hall of Famer with no home runs. His, you know, his level of play throughout his career where he never hit 50, he had to average 35 home runs over 22 seasons, but never hit 50. He never had that one 
huge season that offset a disappointing season. And we had talked long and lovingly about Ricky Henderson earlier uh, in my in in the previous episode and everything that he did to revolutionize the game i think he has to be in the conversation as well but the fact of the matter is it may still have to be bonds's godfather because mays put up unbelievable numbers mays obviously was the greatest defensive center fielder of his time for a while it looked like he was going to be the one to challenge Babe Ruth's record and keep this also in mind he lost two prime years early in his career to military service and when Hank Aaron burst onto the scene and not to take anything away from Hank Aaron he was playing in the hitters ballpark known as Milwaukee County Stadium, and then later found himself in the launching pad known as Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. At the time, two of the easiest places to hit home runs. Now, the Polo Grounds was not exactly a hard place to hit home runs when uh, Willie Mays played there, but eventually he found himself in Candlestick Park, one of the hardest home run parks in all of baseball at the time. And yet he kept hitting home run after home run. I will also say this. I am going to heavily weigh any pitcher who pitched during the steroid era in an era where virtually every single advantage was placed right on the lap of the hitters. Couldn't pitch inside. The strike zone had shrunk. The pitching mound was lowered. Batters were wearing armor to have the pitches deflect off of them. The batters looked like Lou Ferrigno up there. You had, you know, uh, reserve infielders hitting opposite deck, you know, opposite field upper deck home runs. The ballparks became smaller. The foul ground became non-existent. The parks fences were intentionally brought in. Even if they found out, oh, this is a tough place at the home run. We better bring the fences in. Everything was designed to have more homers. In the 60s, everything was in the pitcher's favor. The mound was higher. The strike zone was wider. And all of a sudden, most of the ballparks became the cookie-cutter parks where you didn't have stadiums that have an advantage of a wall jutting in here, a wall jutting in there. You had a dominant pitching staff all throughout baseball. Regularly, you'd have to face the... Jim Bunnings and Sandy Koufaxes and Don Drysdales of the world, the Gaylord Perrys or the Bob Gibsons or the Ferguson Jenkins of the world. It was an era of dominant pitching. And if you were an offensive hero like Mays, like Aaron, hell, like Frank Robinson or Roberto Clemente or Ernie Banks in the middle of a pitcher's era, you stand out more. Just like in the steroid era, if you're a Pedro Martinez or a Greg Maddox or a Randy Johnson or a Kurt Schilling, you stand out more to your pal Sully. David Cohn's not a Hall of Famer in my eyes, but the fact he did what he did in the era that he did it in makes his case at least worth talking about. So 
Mike, the one reason I'm just sort of having this is, is there an objective argument against Barry Bonds as the greatest ever? My argument is not about his steroid use, which we all know existed. It's about the era. And as it stands, look at, I don't use war as a crutch, but the top three all-time war for position players are Bonds, Ruth, and Mays. One played in a non-integrated era. One played in an era where everything was in the advantage of the hitter. And one played in an era where all the advantages were to the pitcher. And so this is an objective argument. I believe Barry Bonds, juice or none, is one of the 10, maybe five greatest players in the history of baseball. And if you want to put him at the top, I'm not going to object. I still put Mays at the top for everything he did, his stats, his effect on the game, and when he played it. To me, that's what makes him the greatest ever. That's my objective point of view. And Kenny, you know me. I'm a Bonds fan. You know me. My dad was a Bonds fan. His two favorite players, Bonds and Mays two good favorite players to have. So there's my objective argument against someone other than Barry Bonds is the greatest ever. It has nothing to do with breaking laws or anything in hell. Uh, Willie Mays took stimulants that were illegal. So did Hank Aaron. We know that. So if we're going to talk about people taking things that were against the law, we have to level that playing field too. Is, Is it the same? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Both did things to help them improve on the field. And do you know what? The results were there. And the results are here. I'm going to be doing this show. I started in 2019. Well, I started doing, I started my podcasting. I did the daily podcast starting in 2012. So this is going to be in October is going to be my 10th anniversary of doing some sort of regular baseball podcast. But I came over to Locked On at the beginning of the 2019 season. So all 2019, all 2020, all 2021. It's a presidential term. Four more years. Four more years. So hope you're enjoying this. Hope you had a good New Year's. Hope you stayed safe. And um, who knows what name we'll be thinking about at the end of 2022. Who knows who the Jorge Soler will be or the Shohei Otani? Who knows who the Burns will be or the Vladdy Jr. or the Fernando Tatis Jr.? Who knows who it will be? But I'm looking forward to finding out. And thanks for making us your first listen as we're available on all your free podcasting catchers. And you can check us out on Twitter and on Instagram at Lockdown and MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. If you want to check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, go ahead including Locked On Bets with your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. Ringing in the new year on January 1st, 2022. This has been Locked On MLB. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.